Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. We've been on a bit of a sabbatical to go because, to be honest with you, Life just gotten away there for a few days, but we're back all enthused, reinvigorated and re-energized, just like the wonderful club of Aston Villa has been over the last two to three years since uh, 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 Suarez and Edens have taken over. We're hoping that this little break that we've had is going to energize us in towards the season. We didn't even plan to take it, Paddy, sure? We didn't. It just happened that, you know, that this uh, stuff came upon us, but we're back anyway, less of us. And more of the wonderful Aston Villa. But Paddy, how have you been since we were last chatting? I'm good, Neil. Uh, lots going on, and as you said, in our in our lives and getting stuff kind of back on track here in the country, and fully vaccinated now, and looking forward to getting back to real life, which is Villa playing football and getting over to Villa Park and yeah. getting back to reality, whatever whatever yeah. that new reality is. But. Uh, it's just there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel now, so uh, fingers crossed we're, we're, we're looking at a, a positive season ahead that we can actually go and sit in the stadium and, as Boris says, looks like it's going to be a full stadium. I don't know how I quite feel about that, but we'll uh, we'll take it as it comes. Uh, Paddy, you're able to kick with both feet because you've got both vaccines. I've only got the one vaccine, so I better go back in to get, I need to go in and get my second one so that I'll be able to cross it with my left foot. Um, but uh, at the moment, I'm horribly right-footed. But time will come <laughs> when when I'm called, I will go. Uh, and not, as you said, that... I'm not kicking with any feet at the moment because I'm absolutely <laughs> floored from the second vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> still... Struggled to even get out of bed today. So. Anyway, it's a short-term pain for a long-term game. We'll be fine. Exactly. It's our way back into Villa Park, you know. It's our way back into Villa Park. But um, not, only, not only just us um, are delighted to be making our way to Villa Park at some stage in the future. Others are going to get to make their way there an awful lot quicker because we've got people back, people back training. We've got new signings in the door since we've spoken last. We have, it's it's basically been all go. Like today was an absolutely manic day, it seems, in in, uh, in Bodymore Heat, in Villa Park, wherever, wherever the players came from uh, or wherever the players went to sign. And we'll talk about that in a moment. There's just been lots has gone on in the last seven to ten days since we since we last spoke. But one of the one of the faces that uh, we've seen has been training there in, in Bodymore Heat is an actual old face. Well, he's an old face, but it's a face that never seems to get any older, if that makes any sense. Ashley Young is back. And he is back to a Bodymore Heat that must be starkly recognisable to him since he since he was last there. Uh, what's your feelings on that, Paddy? Because we never we spoke about when it was rumoured. We never really spoke about it since he has signed. So give us yeah. the Paddy Kelly lowdown <laughs> on Ashley Young. Yeah, I was. I, I tell you, I never. We we don't really take players back. Um, 
I think the last player I can remember us taking us back was was Steve Staunton, and I got really excited about that one yeah. <laughs> when he came back from Liverpool. Um, it's not. It, it was. Ne- it's never a big thing for me. I always thought it was a mistake coming back, but the more I look at this signing, I think it's a really positive signing. Um, it makes an awful lot of sense. There's so many areas he can cover. He's going to be an old head, a winning head in the dressing room who knows what it what it takes to to get results and get wins and get trophies. Um, since he left us, he's very well decorated on the on the on his uh, on his trophy trophy cabinet. So. Um, he's, ju- he's just come off a really good season with Inter Milan where he's played a lot of games. So, um, yeah, as time has gone on and seeing him back training, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about it now. At the time, I was a little bit flat. I was going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And, and a lot of that, to be fair, is is down to me absolutely despising the fact that he went to Man United at the time. And I'm not forgotten that he, uh, in in his first game against Aston Villa, he did one of his theatrical dives. So uh, mm. all of these things added up and made me a little bit more uh, sceptical of the signing. But as time has gone on and, and the more I've thought about it, it, it definitely makes sense considering all the positions he can cover. Um, like even a full back, he can play on either side, play either side in attack. He can play through the middle. I hope his legs are still there to do it. And, you know, if he has a good season, he seems to have really looked after his body. There's no reason why we won't have him for a couple of seasons. Can I, this is my big question. Everybody presumes he can play right back. Can he play yeah. right back? I, I, I don't think I don't think he's even going to get with a NASA's roar playing right back fast and well, but, but, but the thing the thing is, if 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 we're if we're light in any of those positions, he can cover. He's played centre back for Manchester United in the back three before. It's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Given, that that was crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was absolutely crazy. No, I, I'm I'm absolutely all for this. I, I I am pumping the brakes on the whole. He can play either either right or left back because he just doesn't have the body of work playing right back. He did it for a season. I think I think Manchester United. and I'm open to correction on this because I did have the statistics written down and I had this all rehearsed for a podcast that never came about um, some time ago when. <laughs> first signed but obviously look he can definitely play left back and I think the way that Aston Villa are going uh, have played and especially with Matty Target we want him to be able to bomb up and down that wing I don't see him I I, I, I see him covering in on, on that on that wing the left back left 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 wing I just don't see him at right back he's only got a small body of work I think he's played there less than I think it's only about 30 times or 35 times and it was in one of the seasons whereby Manchester United are one of their um one of their poorer seasons as well yeah um look I'm not saying he's the fault I just don't think he's he's going to be a, a real option there I certainly wasn't saying that that was going to be a, a, oh no a, I know a, yeah a real option it was just that you know if, if there was 10 minutes to go in the game and we didn't have a right back on the bench yeah. or if somebody was out, you know, with a suspension or whatever, and somebody had to cover, he, he would do it. 100%. Or if we had two, if we, if we had whoever our right back is going to be in backup, you would think it's going to be Freddie Gilbert, given that he's back at the club. Um, you know, that it'll be there. But anyway, it's not right back that I'm getting excited about. I, I want to see him in attack. I want to see flashes of the old Ashley Young flying down the wing. Um, that's what I want to see. I, I, I'd lo- I'm just relishing the opportunity of getting to see him on one wing, maybe Jack on the other wing, or Jack through the middle, or something, or some combination or permutation. Either way, I just think it's an exciting signing now. It's taken me a while, but I'm excited about it. Bingo. And I think that's what this brings us. Um, this brings us versatility that Dean Smith more or less has said uh, towards the end of the season that he wanted from players. He wanted to have that versatility on the bench. We've seen it as well. Sometimes the split that he ha- that Dean Smith has on the bench sometimes can be very heavily weighted towards attack or defence. Um, you know, he's not somebody who will... Um, how am I going to put this? He, he's, he, he will try and, like, cover a lot of positions with one or two players he'll have those auxiliary players and then he'll have you know his game changers that's what he wants should i say uh, on the bench and that's the feeling that i get from dean smith and and look ashley young is going to be part of his leadership team as well he's going to be part of his leadership trust he is going to be 36 in well this is going to be out on the 7th of july and he's going to be 36 on the 9th of july and you can already see this that you know the he, he himself and john terry are 
close in age, you know, they, they know each other from playing with England. And um, there has to be like this, this kind of conduit or this bridge, I suppose, between the management team and the player and the players is going to come through the likes of uh, Ashley Young. Yes, at the moment it comes through Jack Grealish, it comes through Tyrone Mings and so on as well. But even just a further conduit like that, having an older, experienced head inside there. Like we said beforehand, yeah. he likes to have that. He's lost it in, Taylor, or in uh, Neil Taylor, and he's lost it in um, in Ahmed and Mohammedi. And Ashley Young is going to not only have that the role of covering the fullbacks, both fullback positions potentially, like those two gentlemen did. He's also going to be covering the um, you know the, the the old head, the experienced head, the 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 man with the the the, the man with the the insight and the foresight should I say within that that room I suppose really with the defenders because good and all as all those defenders are they still haven't any accolades under their under their belt other than Tyrone Mings playing for England you know so it's um the very astute signing very astute signing doesn't break the bank doesn't really right. break anything to do with our structure at all it's it's just it's a safe signing if you ask me but it's one that we can get excited about yeah. Another man that you mentioned there, you mentioned maybe he might be right back or maybe he might be auxiliary right back and he's back in the building. It's Freddie Gilbert. Um, didn't have him on my rundown sheet here to talk about him, but I think we will for a moment. Um, you know, uh, it was it was often said after January of last year, why did we let Gilbert go and why did we keep back Mohammedi? And I think there was probably a small bit, it was a small bit of a longer term plan in that uh, in in that loan, um, in, in letting him go out on loan, should I say? Would you be of that view as well, Paddy? Because my thoughts are that you know we had three people battling there. It was probably a case where Mike Wilbert needed time. He probably wanted time on the pitch. He wasn't going to get it for Aston Villa because he would have had to be number two or number three because Matty Cash was not going to get in. Was not mm. going to be dropped. Now subsequently he did get injured twice during the t- towards the end of the season, and Ezri Kanza stepped in there, and Akwadem Mohamedi stepped in there. But you know you can't you, you can't just stop a player from moving out like that. If just because you say something might happen that may never happen, and then when it does happen, yes, people can say you look foolish, but at the end of the day, they they, they did what they felt was right because they had enough cover there, and it didn't cost us really. You know, it didn't cost us. Now I'm delighted to see him back in there because I think he's a fine player. And when he went out and he was playing um, for Strasbourg, I think it was, wasn't it? When he was playing for for Strasbourg, yeah. he was actually, you know, he scored a couple of goals, he created a couple of goals, and, and he played very well. What do you think the future holds for him at Villa? Do you think he stays here? Do you think maybe we move him on? I think he stays. Um, I was I was a little bit. Um... I don't know what, what the word is. I was just a bit surprised that they sent him out last year. Um, but I, I think I think the logic behind it was that he, he wasn't quite the finished article. He was a little bit hot-headed. He needed to calm down. He needed to get a few things out of his system. And for me, he seems like a really good player. He's he's a high octane fullback. He's the kind of fullback I'd like to see. Um, and it kind of worried me that he was chosen to, to go out on loan and keep Elmo there but like there's better people than us making that decision so I'm hoping that it's the case that he's uh, he's gone out he's calmed down he's he's grown up a little bit and he's ready to like he, he's no spring chicken either so he should he should be uh, he should be ready for playing at this level so I'm, I'm hoping he's given the opportunity because I think he's a could be a valuable asset in the squad 26 years of age. Like, he played two games, two cup games for us last season. Mm. So, like, like I know, yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. when Matty Cash got injured. People were like, we shouldn't have let him go. We shouldn't have let him go. At the end of the day, Ackman and Mohamedy played fine. You know, he's an uh, absolute consummate pro inside there. And, uh, and he came in and he did his job. And then when he subsequently, you know, was deemed to maybe be flagging because of the amount of games we were playing at that period of time towards the end of the season, Ezra Kanza came in and played really, really well at right back. Now, I'm not mm. for any instance saying that I particularly want Kanza at right back, but I think what, we, what we've seen him do at right back is is more than... Uh, more than passable for for right back in Dean Smith's system, but you no, know, for me and we all know that I'm the head of the the Courtney House um, fan club. For me, 
um, Mings and and Kanza inside there in the center in the center half positions is is where I want to go with that. And look, by all means, if you want to throw Courtney Howes in there as well in the center to head everything away and play three at the back in this new fashionable three at the back with wing back situation or be a small bit more fluid whereby you can change within games, bring on an Ashley Young maybe at, uh, at right back or left back. I know he just said I, he couldn't play right or left back, but maybe he could play right or left wing back, which is uh, which would be a lot more suitable for him. Um, you know, this is what I'm talking about, the options that uh, this um, that a player like that gives you. But I think Freddie Gilbert as well is uh, is a player that gives you options too. He allows you to, you know, shore up that right-hand side. He's very, very passable as a Premier League defender. Um bit positionless at times you know it doesn't doesn't hold his position and i think for dean smith that is huge and i i personally think that's why he had he was let go out and loan was because dean smith needed somebody to hold our position at right back a small bit better and um, because he'd see he'd seen matty cash go forward against the likes of Leeds and stuff like that his last ditch yeah. tackles were fantastic and he grew into the position as the year went on and he was unlucky that he got injured because he could have been on that uh, provi um, provisional squad for England he was playing that well and and that's a lot to say considering people like Wan-Bissaka and those weren't but um I think positionally that's where Matty Cash will have to grow over the offseason um and Akmal Mohammadi was somebody who for all his faults in, in, in the speed uh, department, you could definitely rely on him to be in the right position at the right time. Um, and maybe that's something that Dean Smith wanted, maybe just a safer pair of hands there if Matty Cash ever went out instead of bringing in somebody like Freddie Gilbert. But he's back in the building. People seem to like him. People like him behind the scenes. And I'm really looking forward to see what, what, what the future holds for him with this club because, mm. as I say, he's only 26 years of age. And uh, as I always say, right backs and left backs and and depth on the bench you're better looking at it than looking for it so i'm all for him all for him um more depth is rumored and i'm going to say this heavily rumored within the attacking uh on the attacking side of the ball and it's in the form of uh arsenal protege i suppose i'm going to call it or prodigy should i even say um emile smith row uh yeah. Apparently, third bid is going to go in any day now, 32.5 million. Uh, rumors floating about the 35 gets it done. Um, 30, 35, 35 plus one. Yeah, 35 <laughs> plus one pound. Yeah, just like it, yeah. like what they did with Suarez. But what's your views on that? Like, talk to me about Emil Smith Rowe because, like, I, I know that he's played, he played a, a good share of football in the, in the championship. Um, Obviously, you know, he was trusted by Arteta last year. Uh, seen lots of good uh, good sparkly bits of play from him up there. He does unlock defences, does get yeah. in around, he does move around a small bit. Um, I suppose realistically, when you look at it, look at likes of himself and Foden, they were probably the two best, uh, I'm going to call it 20 or under 20 uh, players, in, in English players in the Premier League last season. So, like... This is something I think the Villa are looking at as as an investment to maybe getting in there on the ground floor before he's worth a forty or fifty or sixty million. Yeah, yeah. Because we know the way that does, you know, that young players go. But what have you seen from him, Paddy? Is he somebody that you welcome or is he somebody that you're a small bit on the fence about? Well, not on the fence at all. <laughs> Definitely welcome. Welcome a signing like that. Um it I, I do find it a little bit strange that you know we're we're in for him. I, I'm a little bit apprehensive to be uh doing any cartwheels or celebrating or anything about it because it just seems so unlike Aston Villa to be doing something like this. Doesn't but it? Look, look, are we are we a big club now? Yes, I think we are. And you know if if you're gonna be a big club, you have to start acting like a big club. And if that means going to Arsenal, one of the perceived big six and taking their prized young assets off them, this this is a huge game changer for me. Um I, I've kind of I take I took it with a pinch of salt for a while, but it's not going away. So there's obviously something going on behind the scenes. And look, if, if you're if you're taking a guy who who I I thought every time I watched him, you know, was was a fantastic prospect. He's not the finished article by any means. Played 22 games for Arsenal last year, England under 21 international. You know, it's it's just the type of player that fits into our system as well. So um, there's a lot going on with this one and. I'm, I'm, I am literally scratching my head thinking about it, but uh, yes, I'd absolutely take him in a heartbeat. He's a passing machine. That's mm. why I think. That's why I think Smith wants him. 
Smith wants him because he just knows how to pass the ball, but more importantly, he knows how to pass it on target. His pass yeah. completion stat- statistics are brilliant. I don't want to go into it too much because I'm going to do a video <laughs> video piece on him, and yeah. regardless of whether we sign him or not, because um, it was one of these ones that when you hear about it, you go paper talk, paper talk, paper talk. But yeah, that's like exactly it. And I, I remember um, it's funny you mentioned the passing stats. I, I remember watching. Um, Neville and Carraher pick a pack, pick apart his game at one stage mm. during the season, and it was every pass was followed by a sprint. That was his yeah. game. So he'd give the ball, and he never stood looking for a back. It was always a sprint, making triangles. And they they were saying that it was most unusual for a player of that age to to pick it up that easy and 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 to have that work rate at that age, and and that willingness to work for a ball. And then the minute they lose the ball. You know, he ended up in the same position each time. Now, obviously, that's drilled into him from an Arsenal point of view as well. But it was a really interesting piece. I'm sure you'll probably find it on YouTube or whatever. Mm. But uh, look, if, we, if we're going to be doing this, why stop here? You, could, you know, we're going to get on to a few more that we're, we're picking some prize assets from other clubs as well t- today. So um, I hope it happens. And long may, long may these links continue. Who knows what we're going to pick up next? Yeah, like I mean, Smith Rowe has played under some really decent managers. You know, he's he some some I suppose technically minded managers. I think Ralph Ragnick at, at RB Leipzig. Yes, he was injured there for a period of time, but you still pick up like what you could pick up from somebody like a Ralph Ragnick is is like worth its weight in gold, especially at eighteen years of age. Like what made RB Leipzig want to sign on loan a player eighteen years of age mm. from plucked from relative obscurity. In, in the Arsenal Arsenal Academy, you know, um, how many times have, have Leipzig done that and picked an absolute gem? We see uh, Danny Aloma, yes, Aloma, should I say, missed the penalty tonight, but absolutely lit up the Euros. Barcelona player went to Dynamo Zagreb, yes, did, did express an interest in coming back to Barcelona, but obviously, you know, in their financial woes at the moment, RB's Leipzig swooped in, took him. Like, it, that's what they do. They've got an unbelievable scouting system. Um, whether it be for Leipzig, whether it be for Salzburg or whatever, mm. but the, the Red Bull franchise there, they absolutely do have um have 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 a have a super um scouting network there. He also played under uh, Danny Cowley, so I know. Look, he went down loan uh, to Huddersfield in in January 2020. Danny Cowley may not be the the first name on anybody's lips when they start talking about good managers, but he's a brilliant coach. He's a very, very well-respected coach himself and his brother. And yes, it didn't really work out for him uh, very well at at Huddersfield, but um, from a coaching standpoint, you can't fault him. You can't fault Mm. the Cowley brothers. You really can't. And and like, sometimes a kid needs coaching, you know, and that's all it is. And, and, uh, Maybe this is exactly what um, what what he needs, and he's uh, and, and he's he's reaping the benefits of it. Comes in then to play with somebody like an Arteta under Arteta. Arteta obviously learned from Pep. Arteta being a good midfielder himself can appreciate what what uh, what Smith Rowe brings to the table. You know he's had some some good coaching minds over him. I'm all yeah. for it. I don't give. I, I see people on Twitter start saying about, well, if we sign him, we won't be signing a striker. If we sign him, we won't be signing a defensive midfielder. Who says so? Who says so? You know, you know I, kind of, I did kind of believe that myself at, at when we finished the end of last season, that that, that would be the way forward. We, we'd maybe mm. sign one or two. But I don't think this is going to stop here. You know, I, 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 think, I think we could be looking at four or five signings coming in. Um, and big signings, you know, and that's a big signing. I know he's a young lad, but that's a big, big signing and a huge statement of attempt if, if it comes off. And fingers mm. crossed it does come off, you know. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the scouting network there. Uh, you know, we're, we're developing a pretty, pretty secure scouting network ourselves. You know, we've, we've made some phenomenal signings at our youth level. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the future is bright. And I know we're going to get to a few of them players in a minute. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that, that the, the, the system we have in place for scouting is going to be second to none in Europe because we've, we've, we've simply just taken over the, the youth setup for from from everybody because the, the players just want to come to Aston Villa because they can see there's opportunities and they can see it's a big club. Bingo. 
I think you hit the nail in the head there. That very last, that very last sentence, I think, hit the nail in the head. I think we've always had a decent scouting system, and I know even going back towards the time of John Gregory, we had a, we had a good academy uh, assist system, even up to the time of bringing through the likes of Stephen Davis, uh, Gary Cahill, you know, all those players um, that that were coming through. Um, as mm-hmm. Osborne was actually pretty highly thought of when he when he came yeah. through. Players like that, Nathan Delfonso, you know, all good players that came through the Moore brothers. We've spoken about this in, in previous podcasts. So we've had a good good academy. But what the big piece here is is they were they were players that were bringing through that maybe you know were local lads and and had been developed by the club. Now what we're doing is we're attracting players that want to get better and want to get better because they see. Like one of the biggest signings that Aston Villa made over the last two or three years was Mark Harrison. Oh, just had, yeah. People say it, they talk about it, he's revolutionized it. You mentioned too, you mentioned that we've signed people. Um, we'll get on to the seven academy signings that we had today that we, we've signed to, to uh, new deals, but we've already signed, you know, Josh Feeney, one of the best, uh, high, most highly thought of. Um, Young defenders in England at the moment, sixteen years of age, um, captain of the of the England under sixteen team, played for Fleetwood at senior level already. Um, you know we've signed him, we brought him through. Man United were heavily after him. Lots of teams were heavily after him, but he signed for Aston Villa. Aston Villa haven't announced it yet, but I don't know why he would dress up in brand new Aston Villa training gear. <laughs> Number one, it's not for sale, so somebody in the club must have given it to him, yeah, yeah. and. They must have known it was going on for a while. They must have known that he was signing for a while because they got an Aston Villa stained glass window thing made up and put up behind <laughs> him when he was signing his uh, his 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 contract. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, he has definitely signed. All the club haven't mentioned it, but there's also talks that. Uh, <clears throat> and you'll have to excuse me, Tim Aragbunem. Um, from West Bromwich Albion is uh, is signing as well. Now I did say on Twitter, there aren't enough Tims playing in the Premier League. <laughs> there really aren't enough Tims. So I am delighted with this. So um if there's any other you know if there's any Bobs around there, I'll happily sign a Bob, you know, bring back those names. Those fantastic names. But Tim is in and he will always be Tim to me. Um West Bromwich Albion player of the year, uh, Academy player of the year last season. Um all action midfielder, you know, likes to leave his foot in. Apparently uh pretty decent size. You know, he's just going to kind of click on in that conveyor belt and I would imagine he will come in there and look we're not going to see Carney Chukmaweka playing in the um playing in the academy system next year. He's going to be with the with the first team and maybe this guy just comes in, fills in his boots and and, and just just plays that, that position yeah. for him. Another person we signed last season. What I'm getting at here is that all these guys have been in and around senior squads. There was cause for for Tim to be in and around the West Brom senior squad at the end of last season as well. Last last year we signed Ben Crisene as well, um, from Exeter. Also had a, had a senior cap. This you know you know the this scouting system as you mentioned and this academy system. There are no mugs. They're picking these guys, and there's no there there's no kind of coincidence they're not just picking guys who have played senior games for lower league clubs they're picking them because they're bloody good too so i'm yeah. absolutely delighted with the, with the, with the rumors of those two guys everything you read about them just oozes good top class for their age at this moment in time that would be up to them that would be up to the trainings to the training team as well to get the most out of them and hopefully progress through to the senior team for aston villa football club yes wholeheartedly agree it's a uh... Like the, the whole landscape of the club has changed under Mark Harrison. And, you know, I, I was aware of Mark Harrison for many years because a club who I played for in, in Dublin, St. Kevin's Boys, have been affiliated with, with uh, West Brom for many years. So I've known a lot about them and the people who go over to, to, to West Brom. Be, and I'm pretty sure that that link was set up because of him. All speak so highly of him. So I, I'm really impressed with his work so far and I, I truly believe he's one of the best signings we've had in years you're dead right um if mark harrison because you know he's definitely listened to the podcast um mark <laughs> harrison if you're listening ever think of updating your linkedin profile you still have west brom on your linkedin profile because <laughs> <laughs> uh, every so often i i i'll maybe misremember something about him and I'll go to him. The first link that always pops up is his LinkedIn profile. So yeah, I'm that stalker that's that, that you know the way you get notified when someone looks at your LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm that stalker at my profile. That <laughs> yeah, but just change it. Just change it to Villa. There's not 
you don't have to be scared. Just and if you want to come on for a chat, Neil, too, you know, he's more than welcome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We can uh, we can swap notes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's he's done. Look, as I said, they're two fantastic, uh, fantastic pro- uh, prospects anyway. And, um, you know, keep the conveyor belt going is what I say, because we've had seven academy signings, sign uh, pro deals, um uh, I'm going to call them senior deals, I suppose, really, because they're over the age of 18, the majority of these guys. But I suppose the big headline one was Kane Hayden Kester signing a five-year deal. Uh, everybody, I think, really is delighted about this. He's one of the first names that rolls off the tongue from that um, from that team uh, that won the FA Cup, the FAU Cup last year. Uh, we spoke about right backs. We spoke about Freddie Guilver. We didn't even mention Ken Ken Kessler Hayden, and yeah. and he's got five years under his belt. What do you feel the the I suppose this coming year will hold for him? Will he be in around the team? Will he maybe cut his teeth at championship level? Now we've signed yeah. him up for for a long yeah. period of time. If it was me now, I'd, I'd this would be the year to send him out and and see what he's made of. Um, it seems to be what what we've been doing with with our prospects. You know, the likes of Tarek Wright went out to Walsall last year. Mm. Um. And a couple of others went out as well. The only thing is, if we're, if we're going to send our players out now, if, they, if if they're on the verge of, of first team football, I'd like to see them to go a little bit higher. I'd like to see them go yeah. maybe a championship club. Um, with Kane Hayden Kessler, I think he's a little bit raw from what I've seen of him. You know, don't get me wrong, he's he's absolutely brilliant, but uh, the, 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 it ju- it just needs needs somebody to have a little bit of a, a dog lead on him to pull him back because he he loses the run of himself and he pops up in the box and um I think I think at, at Premier League level he, he might leave us a little bit exposed so a little bit of growing up a little bit of uh, a little bit of coaching and training and I I think we've got a really 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 hot prospect on our hands yeah and he well definitely I agree with you I. I'm not even convinced that right back is going to be his position in the Premier League. Probably if he not. Does like, he's in the Premier scored League. so many goals as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with the underage teams, he scored loads of goals. Um, so is is right wing a possibility for him? Is, is that the way that they see he's going to be in the future? Who knows? But we're, we're, we're going to find out a lot about him this year because I, I definitely think he'll need to go out and get some football just, just to calm him down a little bit and sort out maybe sort out what is his position and, mm. and let, let one of let one of maybe the, the lesser championship teams have a go off him and see if there's a yeah. good coach there that can look after him. Absolutely. And uh, not only was he the only person who signed uh, a Paddy Kelly favourite, and Ashikodi signed as well, uh, <laughs> signed a deal, 19-year-old Hungarian goalkeeper, along with, oh, here's where I let myself down, Similko that's what I'm going to call him anyway. Sin Salco, the fi- Finnish yeah. goalkeeper. Anyway, 19 years of age. <laughs> There's a lot of photographs actually of him training with the first team um, yeah. and Bodymore uh, going through the for, on the first day of back training. Uh, was at on loan at Air United, I think, last season, mm-hmm. and it uh, was v- played played up a storm until he got injured. He's back, probably going to going to. Um, going to threaten or going to compete for that third goalkeeper spot. Uh, you would imagine um, they're behind Jed Steer, maybe even compete for the second goalkeeper spot. I know at the end of last season, he warmed up with the goalkeepers, or he helped warm up the goalkeepers with Neil yeah. Cutler um, towards the end of the season, waking his way back from injury. And I know Neil Cutler thinks very, very highly of him. So um, somebody else who signed uh, an, another um, another contra- contract as well. Um, Mungo Bridge, the fantastically named Mungo Bridge, 20-year-old def- central defender, <laughs> has also signed on. We don't know what the length of these contracts are. Well, I certainly haven't seen the length of these contracts yet. I know the only one that they that they mentioned was um, was Kessler, the length of Kessler's contract. Yes. I presume they all didn't sign five-year contracts. Maybe a lot of them signed one long. or two or 18-month contracts or yeah. whatever. At, at that age, it's usually a one- or two-year contract. So that, that tells you in itself the, the hopes they have for uh, for uh, Kane Kessler Hayden. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Tarek Rice on, on loan at Walsall. They, yeah. they spoke very highly of him all season. The fans were delighted to have him there. Um, DJ Storage, I don't know an awful lot about. And Miles Sona is a new one to me. And, and we've seen an awful lot of the under-18s and under-21s this season. So, look, it's, a, it's all positive. 
um, th- these are guys that can be added to the to the first team squad if needed because they're they're classed as homegrown players, so they don't have to be named as part of the twenty five. Um, so you know, it's they've tied them down, and I, I think the, I think the biggest one today is, is Kessler Hayden, as we, as we spoke about so many times on this podcast. And uh, good luck to him. I hope he I hope he gets I hope he gets a good. Uh, innings in in the championship and and somebody somebody really looks after him and he gets a good run of games and comes back to us because I I, I really sincerely believe that he has oodles of talent to play mm. in possibly a few different positions and um, for a right back who who can he's good crosser of the ball he's, he's he's good dribbling with the ball he can score goals it's just I can't I can't speak highly enough of him so. Um, he, he he was the one that stood out, obviously, getting a five-year contract as well. Yeah, yeah. Just then DJ Sturridge, obviously Dean Sturridge's son, I think, um, former former Derby <laughs> Derby County player. Um, but he was highly thought of. I know he scored a couple of goals for the under-18 squad, under-18 side, and um, he played a couple of games in the under in the, the, the Premier League 2 or whatever you want to call it last season. But he got injured towards the end of the season, so... Um, a kind of cutting cut cut his season short. Um, you know, strikers. Uh, we looked down through the strikers we had in the academy towards the end of last season. Um, even when we we're going through the FA Youth Cup, you had Louis Barry on one wing, who we who we would classify as a striker, and Brad Young up top. But you know, we didn't really have anybody else. Uh, that was was. I suppose really of the age because you know it makes a massive difference if you're 17 or 16 playing an under 18s uh, under 18s game the the age difference can actually really can really hinder you can really mm-hmm. hold you back you know whereas this guy that DJ Sturridge was brought in to play in that position or to play there um with that team and you know obviously he was um uh he he was injured so he wasn't able to like yeah. just stop stack type of rotation or whatever so look we'll see what comes of him as well he's going to be there he's going to be in around the the under 23s next season in the premier league two team or premier league two team is that i call it now um so uh that's uh, that's going to be pretty good for him and uh let's see where he goes let's see if he can build on his um on his promise because uh you know he's pretty comes from good good stock as they say you know, Absolutely. he does come from good stock. Um, so, Paddy's anything else that we want to go through there? Fixture changes. Fixture changes, Fixture yeah. Fixture changes. Big for us over this side of the pond. You know, trying to get tickets, number one, I suppose, ticket, plane tickets more so than anything else. Yeah. You know, trying to get those, trying to sort out our day trips because uh sometimes you don't get a pass for the whole weekend you only get a pass for one day you have to make the most of it uh yeah. what fixture changes have we seen for the month of august so we, we've done we, we, we yeah, yeah because we're, by, we're still waiting on bt sports and oh, yes and the possibility of amazon if if they have any in august i'm unsure of but uh on saturday september 11th we are due to play chelsea in Stamford Bridge, and that game has been switched to a 5.30 kickoff. And the following week at home to Everton has also been switched to a 5.30 kickoff. So the two of them games will come after the international break. And uh, 5.30 is not ideal for us to do a day trip, but sure, we'll just have to stay overnight if we're going. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Woe is us, Paddy. Um, hopefully, there wo- hopefully there will be pubs. Uh, that we can maybe um, <laughs> st- just step in out of the rain. Into yeah. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, as we wander the streets, destitute and homeless, uh, waiting for our flight the next morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take pity upon us, people of Birmingham. <laughs> take pity upon us and fill our glasses full of full of ale. That's all we ask. Um, but no, it would be great, as I say. That we are looking we uh, to to get over there. We spoke about uh, spoke about vaccinations to start. Whatever you guys want to do, do it yourselves. We want to get them in us so that we can get over to, <laughs> get over to Villa Park. So um, you know, it's it, it it's all part of the plan. Um, and uh, hopefully, as I say, that Boris Johnson does uh, press the button on this, and that we do see Stadia still open fully in in uh, august um so that is good excuse me last thing paddy is there's a rumored kit launch rumored well it has to happen at some stage <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's due for next week. Um, don't know what day. Um, that seems to be what the plan is. So don't know how they're going to do it or what the plan is to to launch it. We won't have Tyrone Ming sitting in Witten Station waiting to get or step off a train in Witten Station. <laughs> no, and we might <laughs> have Amy Smith Raw. That would be fun, wouldn't it, yeah. Just? <laughs> when was the last time actually, you know, we say this every single time for they get a new kit. It's like, oh, they might wait. They're probably waiting for this person to sign until they do the kit launch. Yeah, when oh, was yeah. the last time? Has it ever happened? Has it ever <laughs> happened for Boy Villa have, uh, have released the kit and a new signing steps out from behind the big curtain? I'm sure it happened in the Deadly well, Dog days. Well, whatever about stepping out behind a curtain, the, the last big signing I remember coming out in a new kit was Stan Collymore. Collymore. In the, the light the blue one. away kit, yeah. yeah, one of my favourite kits. Um, but what what annoys me is every year is you, the big clubs have their kits out before the season ends. I think we'll officially become a big club when we have our kit on in the last match of the season because I think we're missing the trick. We should be we should we should be, you know. I always said it. You're going you're going off on your summer holidays. It's lovely to put the new kit on, but most people are going on their summer holidays wearing last year's kit. So, um. When you're walking around Spain or Magaluf or wherever you are, it's always good to be looking across at another Villa fan and just giving a wink or whatever. That's money <laughs> um, bags. Not, not only can you afford a foreign holiday, you can also afford a new kit as well. Jesus Christ. That was, the old, that was the old days, Neil. That was the old, oh, days. the old days. Yeah, yeah. When you were getting a deadly dog package holiday over <laughs> to Spain, you know. When, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, so you were actually only just doing your duty for the club uh, back then. Pass all back through the coffers. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. You are right. I I suppose. Look, it all depends on 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 stability within the league. I suppose number one and number two. Uh, it's kind of I always kind of get the feeling the kit manufacturers kind of uh, when they look at clubs. It's kind of like if anybody's a Formula One fan, you've got some teams make their own engines and some teams don't, and they just kind of rent the engine engines off other teams like you know mercedes make their engine and mclaren have a mercedes engine but it's not the best mercedes engine so uh, that that's kind of what i get the feeling sometimes is you want to kind of climb the totem pole and become one of those um i suppose flagship teams for uh brands and i can see that's probably why villa have been getting into bed with with brands like under armor Brands like Kappa were trying to break into into the football, into the Premier League kind of stratosphere. And, you know, I don't particularly like I'm indifferent on the Kappa stuff. I don't I don't I don't hate it. I don't absolutely love it. I just think it's mm-hmm. I think it's grand. I think it's fine. I will happily yeah. wear it every day of the week. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, if Villa were to maybe like when they had a night when they had the night gear for when Martin O'Neill was with us, um, you know, yes, we were getting a custom-made jersey by Nike. It wasn't just one of their reproduction stuff like you see from lower league teams and stuff like that. But at the same time, we still weren't up the totem pole to get uh, kits released um, very, very quickly or to have Mm. them by the end of the season. So hopefully our play on the field and our commercial departments behind the scenes and so on like that will push us up both that financial and that uh, performance totem pole. And uh, we will be... um, we will be able to have that too. That that's that's. It, I I would imagine that would be a goal for the club to be. Oh, I would imagine, and I would imagine it's. Um, you're, we're looking. At, we we've been dealing with fanatics now for a long time, and yeah. it's kind of been out of the club's hands. So I think I think as we grow and get bigger, and you know, we're a club with twelve to, or what do they say, six sixteen thousand people waiting on season tickets or something like that. Thirteen, yeah, I saw thirteen, 13 whatever yeah. it was. Um, thirteen thousand including me. <laughs> Yeah, so we we need to be um, we need to be looking after our, our own uh, our our own commercial department and our own club shops and not being outsourcing it. But that but that's yeah. a story for another day. That's yeah. a bugbear of mine. But the, the only the only problem I have look I, I bought loads of Kappa stuff last year because I wasn't spending any money and I wasn't traveling to yeah. Villa Park. So I I bought a lot of stuff and the quality is fine, absolutely fine. Um the the shorts, obviously, you've got to size up and do all that kind of stuff. But the problem I had with Fanatics was they just didn't have the sizes. So they didn't, yeah. they didn't cater for certain sizes. So uh, it was either go on a diet or forget about the kits. So I for, I forgot about uh, buying any more. And they released some during the week. And I just said, you know what? 
if they have to do a pre-release to see how many they actually going to sell, we're going to have the same problems this year as well. Yeah. I imagine. So yeah. I'll, I'll buy the kit this year, but I think that'll be the end of it because I think this is our last year with Kappa. And uh, it's, especially tough. given the fact that our owner is a, a major shareholder in Adidas. Uh, fingers crossed, Patrick. Fingers we crossed. Might, <laughs> we might be looking at something further down the road. Not that we have any inside knowledge on that. It just makes sense. The just there's just something about an Adidas kit that just gets my juices flowing, but that's a whole mm. podcast in its own. I think, um, <laughs> you know, what gets my juices flowing is a podcast for behind the paywall. I think yeah. uh, that's for sure. But there's, uh, there's, been a, there's been a number of leaked, we call them leaked. I don't know whether they're concept mm. kits or what they are. Um, didn't exactly float my boat, they were just yeah, whatever. So, um, I can't imagine. You know, being being the year that's in it, you would expect there would be some kind of throwback to uh, 1982, um, being the 40th anniversary. So we'll see, probably next week. But who knows? Maybe maybe we'll have a white pinstripe kit, or uh, or an old fashioned V neck, um, like throwback to Lecoq Sportif. I'd like to see something like that done this year. I think it would be nice. But uh, we don't normally see a black and white kit coming same year after year. And considering we had a, a, a black and a white kit last year, I think it would be unusual to see the same again this year. Yeah. I don't know. I got I let the professionals at that one. I, I pretend to be good at other stuff. Enough other stuff that I don't need to pretend to be good at fashion design either. <laughs> I, uh, I let the pros start do that. As long as there's no chevrons. As long as there's no yeah. chevrons, and I'm not too good on kind of boxy things either. You know what I mean? Like checkered stuff. So as long as there's none of that, <laughs> I, I'll get, I, I'm easy enough to get on board. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be exciting times. As I say, that's, we're nearly there. We'll be playing, there'll be football played in two weeks time. You know, preseason games will be played in two weeks time. Where does the time go? We aren't even out of the Euros yet. It's fucking yeah. fantastic. We should have put the end body bar heat next week after his um after his time off. Things are hotting up. Who knows who else is going to come in come in the door? We are back. This is the start of let's call it the start of the new season for the for Love of Pomegranate podcast. Not that we really ever really went away. Um, but uh <laughs> This is where we're where we're beginning to amp up for the ramp up for the new season. And anything happens, we will be back to you guys with our um slightly uh I don't know, I like to think that they're slightly different takes. Probably this is probably similar. I don't know. I suppose everybody who does a podcast seems <laughs> thinks that anyway. But uh um we'll be back with you anyway, whether you like our takes or not. Um that's what we'll be back with. But uh, I think we're gonna leave it there, Paddy. Is there I I genuinely there's just been so much has gone on even today alone that I'm I'm loath to kind of finish up the podcast without in case I forget something, but I think we've covered all bases there. I think so. Um nothing off the top of my head anyway. Um I'm sure we'll see the, the August fixed fixtures confirmed in the next few days by bt or amazon whoever has it and uh we'll be all set to head into um the new season um kind of a big big friendly announced against seville yeah um or sevilla as, you call it, as they yeah. call themselves um so that that would be an interesting one i just hope we get to see the, the games that are, are played i hope we get to see them on avtv or something and may, maybe they'll do the old donation to the Aston Villa Foundation and we'll all get on to, to have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Mark Harrison, if you're watching, you know, you can make that stuff happen. Or if you're listening, you can make that <laughs> stuff happen as well. We'll we'll talk about it when you come on. Um, actually, just a really quick one on Seville. Um, went on holidays to Seville. If anybody hasn't been there before, when things open up, I would absolutely 1 million percent uh, advise it. Lovely city break. Well, we went there for nearly a week, actually. Uh, very city oriented. But when we got to the, the, the reason I'm talking about this is that when we pulled up to our hotel, um, it was kind of in the suburbs. We pulled up to the hotel and next thing we went in the door of the hotel and uh, up to our room and the curtains were closed in our room. And I was kind of going, oh my God, what? Like that's that's kind of strange. And it was like something out of a film. I opened up the curtains and Real Betis Stadium was right there and it there was a break in the two stands. So there's two, there's, there's a, kind of a bowl, like the stands are like a bowl and it was going around like a bowl, but just a break in the bowl was right where my window was. And I literally, first thing I did was got on the phone and went, 
oh my god because like i didn't i'm not one who looks up the hotel i'm going to beforehand my better half picked the hotel so literally i could have watched the game if they were playing so i went on they were away two weekends they were away for the two games they were playing that week on a wednesday night and the saturday and i was kind of i was kind of bullying but like literally i could have i could open my window and spat onto the field from where i was it was just amazing and uh, but no seville is a great spot so if mm. we um and i think we're i think we're playing them at home aren't we so we, we're won't, be able to home. Get, yeah. we won't be able to get out to seville <laughs> out to to to, to but it's a it's a cast down we can um, we can get out to seville next season when we play them in the champions league how's that that's it Paddy, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I like. Oh, no, actually, we won't because next next season they'll be back in the Europa League because that's they love to win that anyway. So, it's, <laughs> so they'll be no, back. No, there. Don't, don't don't ruin the ending on a high here now. You know, we're both <laughs> <Mr>. positive here. <laughs> well, we win the Europa League to get into the Champions League the year after. Then. Fair that's enough. It. Yeah. Um, right, lads, we're going to leave it there. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for for watching. Uh, we're nearly at the at the one thousand mark in. Um, on youtube subs we would absolutely love it if you could subscribe on youtube i think we're about 170 odd away from 1000 just a personal goal for us we're too old for well i was going to say we're too old fellas but i want to um i don't want to insult paddy i need him to come back otherwise otherwise i'll be talking otherwise i'll be talking to myself um but uh we're just two fellas over here in ireland just shooting the breeze it's uh thank you so much for everything you guys do um for the podcast we've got a couple of irons in the fire coming up over the next couple of weeks and we will be back with um anything that happens and just any murmurings that happen aston villa we'll be back um on a more regular basis now so thank Thanks very much, everybody. You can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. And really, guys, all that's left to say is we're only a few more weeks away from, from Aston Villa football again. And until then, all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.